Welcome to the Lionfish Podcast. Today we're coming to you from Isle Morada at the History of Diving Museum with Lisa. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Scott. It's a pleasure to have you at the museum today. <laughs> it's Monday, so it's been a long weekend. Uh, so, so tell us who you are, a little bit about what you do, and yeah. Hello, everybody. My name is Lisa Mangelia. I'm the executive director at the History of Diving Museum. We're located in the beautiful Florida Keys at mile marker 83. Uh, you can also check us out on the web at divingmuseum.org. Or we say don't drive by, dive in. Oh, good tagline. Yeah, yeah. So we're <laughs> glad that you dove in today. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's great. If you're heading anywhere past Isle Morada, you have to pass it at least twice, once in and once out. So Correct. And it's so worth, I'm just so impressed with this museum. We're open daily from 10 to 5. Uh, people are amazed because they think, if I'm not a scuba diver, I don't have any interest in going there, or they may not. But we find that land lovers, as well as scuba divers, commercial divers, military divers, commercial divers, everybody that comes through the door and goes through the exhibits exits with an amazing experience because they just don't it's 4,000 years of history right. and somewhere in your life a diver has touched something you've done whether it's a bridge that you go over right. to get to the keys or the installing the water pipes or doing um, security because of our military exhibits or you know coming down here as a recreational diver going and blowing bubbles and seeing the beautiful fish yeah and, and I'm I'm blown away on how much stuff is packed in here we have to be very space efficient. Every nook and cranny <laughs> has something to look at, and it's, it really is incredible. It is, and it's a self-guided tour. So people can spend an hour here going through the exhibits. We have 14 different core exhibits, two that swap out annually that are featured exhibits. One is a art theme, dive into art, usually uh, January to the April kind of time frame. And then the second half of the year from May to December, it focuses on some aspect of history um, or science. So, for example, in 2023, we've got Dive Into Art focusing on Edge of the Sea, followed by Aquanauts to Astronauts. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that one. I want to see the Edge of the Sea, too. Um, so what do you do here? Um, everything from vacuuming <laughs> to writing grants. <laughs> you know, when you're in the executive director and when you work in a small museum, everybody wears lots of hats. Yeah. So we do a lot of community outreach. We do a lot of visitor engagement. We have international visitors from around the world. Um, all 50 states come through here. So we, you know, we, we, get to engage and people are down here having fun yeah. and they're on vacation so a lot of times we like to give them a scavenger hunt or it's something with a multi-generational family that comes through and there's something for everybody to see so what i do is make sure everybody has a good experience when they're here well you're really good at it because it's uh you got, you got a beautiful place here and it's 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 incredible like i said i can't talk enough uh good about it if you're driving through the Keys, you really should stop by because it's um, it'll be one of the highlights of your trip down here. So um, for all of you out there, uh, Lisa has been instrumental in helping us with uh, our submarine project here in the Keys um, from her connections and contacts and uh, getting us set up to be where we need to be and 
suggestions, and she's just a, a wealth of information for us down here. And, and uh, a lot of what we do and a lot of our success is directly because of her. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's it's humbled by your, your comments, and it's just a worthwhile project that I fully support. And, you know, that's part of being in the business. I mean, everybody is helping everybody. And what do we want to do? We want to help the environment. Right. So the, the end game is to get the lionfish out of where they are now and put them on my dinner plate. That's, yeah. that's a selfish motive. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Lisa's been diving around the world, like some exotic places and just these really cool things. And uh, the first time we took the the sub to test the diving, she was there with us and she got to the surface and was screaming. I'm like, oh, my God, are you okay? Is, is everything okay? And she's like, oh, that was so awesome. <laughs> I'm like, it really? Was. You've it been was. around the world and this is like the coolest thing. <laughs> it is the coolest thing because when I see that submarine working underwater and and you know, automatically through my mind, I'm thinking of different missions it can go on and surveys and how it would benefit um, not only helping to cull the lionfish, whether they're shallow, whether at that medium reef, whether they're at the deep reef, are they at the deep reef at night? And then they come um, up to the shallow reefs to feed. Wherever they are, we don't want them to be. But with the lionfish, you can get beyond that recreational point. And even for commercial or tech divers, you can extend the range while you're on a dive, you know, so even the technical divers are limited to depth and, right. and time, but a sub has got hours, yeah. hours that you can do. And the marine archaeology, looking and seeing, may, there might be something down there that we haven't seen right. that is that has done a blip on, you know, one of the NOAA or one of the side scans, but to be able to get eyes on it and then have NOAA go back and help to survey that uh submerged cultural resource yeah. is incredible. That's invaluable. Yeah. And to have a mobile unit submarine like you have is is a great asset to um, our ecosystem down here. Right. Yeah. And we, you know, we, our, our main goal is to go out and catch lionfish at the depths. But um, as some, you know, some friends from NOAA and, and other uh, resources have said, eh, the money's going to be in the, the video, what you find. Right. And, right. you know, eyes on a deeper level yes. that no one's really seen or can get to a lot so yes and calling the lionfish is just a it's a, a benefit it's a perk to being down there right but so it's a it's a two in my eyes and you know I, i'm not speaking for you all but it's a two-part mission and a two-part goal yeah and it's fun and it's incredibly fun <laughs> yeah. just to watch it from the outside i can't wait to get on the inside and see what it's like yeah um so you you've hunted lionfish before I've been involved in culling lionfish since probably uh, 2007, 2008. Wow. Do you remember the first time you saw a lionfish underwater? I do. Um, it was in actually the, oh, in the Bahamas. Um, I saw it when I was diving with family, and it freaked me out because I knew that my little nephew was with me and he was real inquisitive so he likes to poke and look at things and point <laughs> at things and I didn't want him getting too close yeah um and then I went to Bonaire in 2009 and uh, worked with the park service down there and at that point they were just developing how to tag a location and have somebody who was approved and trained and permitted to go back and call them out because um you you couldn't hunt them 
you know, yeah. the tourists and things couldn't hunt them. So our job is we took a wine cork on a like biodegradable string and we would tie it around a dead rock because lionfish are pretty territorial or at least you can kind of gauge the area. So you would float the cork in this fluorescent color um, and it was mostly the popular dive sites and then the dive masters and the per- permitted people park service would come back and call them out. Oh, okay. So it wasn't ideal. Yeah. And, you know, now I like to spare them and put them in my zookeeper and take them home and <laughs> have them for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the first one you ever shot? The very first one? The very first one I ever shot was in Key Largo. I was petrified um, because <laughs> I didn't want to get stung. Okay. Um, but I worked with, actually at that point, we didn't have any spears. None none had been commercially. Uh, um, so I, the guys, I worked at, uh, through Underwater Unlimited up in the Gables. And we have some spear fishermen and some really, you know, techie geeky guys, and I'm telling them what I want to do. So they made this, they cut down a a Hawaiian sling and put a a trident head on it. And we took a, we engineered a, um, a sling to put on it and took it down. And now had I patented that <laughs> it would have been a little bit ahead of the game yeah. <laughs> but it's exactly what's out on the market now <laughs> well congratulations for that great idea <laughs> um so so having kind of been at the forefront of it uh here in the keys have you seen the difference from when they first started uh, when you first started seeing them in the keys to now uh fish wise population wise other reef fish yes um so the answer to all of that is yes it it became abundantly clear when they first started coming in the damage that they do because they're just gluttons and you know part of the fun part of it is killing them bringing them up and then dissecting them and seeing what they're eating and they were eating everything from small crabs to juvenile fish to there wasn't anything they didn't eat which means that when you go out to a reef that has all your schools and all your juveniles they're sucking all of that up so you could definitely see a rapid decline in the areas that they were and when they started doing derbies and when people um got more excited about it and uh, you know that helped but at this point the way that they um they spawn and the way that they that you know they're it's a never-ending cycle and because we don't have natural predators here or the and what we have isn't trained to eat them or doesn't know it's not that they're trained because I, I don't like using that word but they haven't evolved in an area that they seek that out as food yeah so and they actually, just don't know it's some of them have i mean you, we've seen grouper eating them and the the big uh, goliath groupers and even the, the smaller groupers are eating them the because challenge it's, is it's now like 10 15 years later right yeah yeah they're figuring it out a little bit yeah the challenge is those are sport fish yeah. And we take those too. So yeah. we're taking the predators that are actually trying to do their job. And uh, so it's it's a it's a tough cycle. It is a, a tough cycle. And I remember that there was a big surge, oh gosh, probably in the maybe 2012, 13, 14, where they started to be bycatch for lobstermen. Right. And then it started to be profitable for the lobstermen to keep them because they would get into the traps and pull them up. And that's when we started noticing them as appetizers and right. um, things on the menu, which was great. So now if we can develop some kind of trap um, that's also environmentally friendly 
to other critters that are at different depths and locations. And maybe it can be retrieved by, you know, a yeah. sub or something. Yeah. Um, or at least, you know, be pulled up and, and caught and... We just have to stay on top of it. This yeah. is not something that's going to go away. And unless we do these um, routine derbies and keep it on everybody's radar, I know that the uh, the dive masters like to find them and show people and kill them and you know kit them off of the reefs. So they're not more on the more popular reefs. Right. They're uh, they're learning to move. They're smart. There's a reason they've been around for millions of years. Yeah, and my, my theory is, you know, evolution will eventually do that, but it could take 100 years for that to happen. And we don't have that. And no. So until that, we need to, you know, help out. Right. So. Right. And we notice that in those nurseries, there's smaller quantities of your schooling fish and, and right. juveniles and things like that. So um, as I had mentioned, our next exhibit is Dive Into Art, Edge of the Sea. So we're going to talk about those shallow water habitats and the importance of preserving them between the mangroves, the seagrass, and, you know, evasive species that yeah. end up there as well. Yeah. And if somebody comes to the museum to see that exhibit, what would they, what would they see for displays or... Dive Into Art is going to open the middle of January. We It's a combination of... 12 different schools that have all been given different lesson plans. We've worked oh, with their cool. teachers and they're doing everything from the high schoolers are going to be painting environmental messages on big um, trash bins that after the display will be around Isla Mirada. Oh, so sweet. it will build awareness around. And then um, the middle schoolers and uh, elementary school kids are going to also have art projects so the art guild will build a big mangrove tree and then the kids will put all the little juveniles oh, inside of it and things like that and then we'll have the environmental messaging that goes with that so that you know people can learn you know reduce single-use plastic and get the debris out of the mangrove trees so mm. that it becomes a better habitat nice and that goes from what date to what date january 19th 18th to April 19th. Okay. So Jan mid-January, third weekend, third Wednesday in January to the third Wednesday in April. Sweet. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. And then we have all the other exhibits are open, but we close for a month and then we'll open Aquanauts to Astronauts. And tell me about the Aquanauts to Astronauts thing, because that's... I'm so excited. <laughs> that sounds cool. Because it's extreme. It, it's, it's putting up with extreme pressures at depth. Okay. And what we have learned um, through recreational diving down to the one atmosphere suits, and then the extreme lack of gravity and lack of pressure. So actually what happens is the astronauts walk inside a spacesuit that has pressure because outside it there is zero pressure or oh, okay. limited. So they actually have to work against gravity within their suits to move their hands. And oh. it's, it's the reverse thinking. They can get decompression sickness because they have the lack of pressure, and then they're coming into pressure. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so there's all these reverse um, sciences and technologies and engineering that has to take place, as well as the instruments. You know, you, oh, yeah. things will float away if you're an astronaut and it's not attached. Things will sink to the bottom if you're an aquanaut <laughs> and you drop it, you know? Yeah. So it's just learning. It's going to have all of that. Nice. And then we have different um, uh, 
astronauts and aquanauts who have helped us with the interpretive and how to focus on different aspects of those sciences. We've got um, some items that are going to be on loan from NASA as well as from some of the aquanauts. So it'll be really cool. So if I'm not a diver and I'm a space geek, I'd want to come in when it's aquanauts to astronauts. Yeah. Wow. Nice. so you've done some lionfish educational things here with the museum over the years. So over the years, we've participated in or we've participated in different derbies along the way. We've um, we sell the lionfish cookbook that's out there. We have the lionfish reef heroes comic books. We which, to- by the way, Lisa is one of the characters in there, <laughs> and she's a character, <laughs> which is why she's in there. <laughs> I, th- I think most people that are in the diving industry yeah, are pretty a much a character. Of, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you're not yeah. a character, you don't belong in this group of people. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. Yeah. So we do. We participate in derbies, and when they have a local derby, we do. Um, you know, a pop-up exhibit and things at the museum. So it's just it's building awareness. It's an extended version, an extended location for people to learn about the right. problem. And uh, she had a great book rack out there with all these different great books. And Lionfish Reef Heroes is part of that collection. So you can actually yes. purchase the comic book if you're in the Keys. Just stop yes. in and, and grab it. And the proceeds go to benefit to nonprofits. Right. Yep. Yeah. Good, good, uh, good deal on both ends. Um, so where do you think the lionfish are going to go in the Keys here? How, how do you see that going forward? What, what's the scenario? Well... In my mind's eye, the direction I would like it to go personally, I don't know if higher-ups and other people would agree with me, but I would like to see some kind of trap system, just like the lobster, um, if we can identify, and they're a wild creature, so we can identify habitats that they may like, but if we have lionfish traps and it's different from stone crabs. Right. It's different from lobsters. You don't want to have a season. You want this all the time. Right. So I think that we are going to forever, in the foreseeable future, be have to control lionfish. Right. And reef down in Key Largo, they're, they're actually working with uh, the NOAA, get Dr. Giddings trap for yes. lionfish. So and they've had some success here and there from what I've, from what I've heard. And it's going to take engineering. Yeah. It's going to yeah. take trial and error. It, it, no, no first thought ever comes to fruition. Right. It's a process. And that's why you have to get other people involved. You have to get, you know, open-minded people thinking about a problem and come together to collaborate to try to do the best that you can to solve it. Right. Or stay ahead of it. Yeah. It's it's baby steps. It's baby Um, steps. But compared to where it first started when you had your makeshift sling uh, to where it is today. Yeah. Um, how do you think it's going so far? Um, I, I think it's the awareness is out there. I think that because of the zookeeper, because of the um, protective gloves, if people want to wear them, because of the, uh, you know, people know how to do pro- more first aid. Um, so I don't think they're as um, hesitant about yeah. getting involved, you know, because you don't have to touch them as, as closely as some of the others. So I, I see that, you know, that's going to keep going and keep producing and actually we're getting a book at the museum store that is a children's novel that mixes science and real um a family adventure together 
but it's going to focus on the lionfish problem. So nice. get the kids aware of it. And if you, if I'm not a diver and I see and I'm aware of the lionfish problem, and then I go to a restaurant and I see it on the menu, I go, hey, let me get the, let me get that. Right. And and help the process. And by the way, uh, if you're in the Keys, uh, the number one restaurant for lionfish who has a huge section within the menu of lionfish dishes and and uh, appetizers and stuff is Castaway Restaurant. Uh, in Marathon. He's the only one in the Florida Keys that has lionfish full-time on the menu. Nice. And he's got at least a half a dozen different things on the menu for lionfish. He's got a whole little section for lionfish. So nobody sells more lionfish than Castaway does in the entire state of Florida combined. So yeah, Castaway. Yeah. And it's a great edible, delicious, scrumptious fish. And healthy. And yeah, healthy. Yeah. So eat more lionfish. <laughs> eat more um, lionfish, yeah. So, so where's the direction of the this museum going? To, where do you see that going in the next five, ten years? Besides status quo or keep keep going forward? or we The museum seeks to um, keep all of our exhibits, our core exhibits, relative and um, updated. Yeah. So now with commercial diving, you know, we've always had from the beginning of commercial diving to what a modern day commercial diver looks like. We've got the same thing with scuba. We have the original scuba. You know, a lot of people don't know that fins weren't even mass produced till World War II. <laughs> so everything before that was walking on the ocean floor. Oh. And, and then they started swimming, you know, in the 40s and in the 50s and Jacques Cousteau and um, Sea Hunt. But we have from the early swim diving to what a modern day scuba diver would look like so we're we're updating things like that we um, constantly are looking at our artifacts as mentioned we're space efficient so it's not like we can add a bunch of new things but we can add small things that enhance the story and then of course our biggest thing is the changing exhibits and going from a few schools involved to now having 12 schools involved i mean this is something we can do we now through COVID, we've learned how to do more virtual programming. Oh, cool. So we do museum and motion programs with libraries in Minnesota and in Wisconsin and in Wyoming to, in, to let those kids know what's outside their domain and right. the topography of where they live so that they can and be aware of it. And you also have a really cool gift shop out there with a lot of really wild stuff out there. We, Which they can buy online, I would, I would. Uh, The majority of our products are online as well. Nice. Yes. Um, and then we, you know, have the, the gift shop. And some of the bigger, bulkier things we don't have online because it's just kind of problematic with, with shipping. But right. a lot of things. And if they've been here and they've seen something and they don't see it online, they can call us and, you know, we can make arrangements. But, nice. Yeah. Don't drive by, dive in. <laughs> and what's the website to again? To <laughs> see the history of Diving Museum, yeah. divingmuseum.org. And Diving of course, Museum we're on all the social medias, Diving Museum, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Instagram, you know, I think we're even on TikTok. We have a Wikipedia page. Wow. <laughs> we made Wikipedia. <laughs> wow. Good for <laughs> <That's> you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah. I know you've got to get back because you, you never stop working. You're, you're just an amazing powerhouse. And the, a lot of the success here is, I'm sure, directly d- related to you. And a lot of the success we've had in the Keys with the submarine is directly related to you. So thank you. I can't even thank you enough for what, all you do for us and, wow. and support us and have our comic books for sale here. Is, it's just uh, it's amazing. You guys have a great mission, and um, I want to see it move forward. 
Great. All right. Well, uh, anything else you'd like to say before we uh, get it going here? Thanks for stopping by the History of Diving Museum. Come on down. We're open daily, 10 to 5. Nice. All right. We're out of here. Mm-hmm.